welcome to the Hall of Heroes podcast with your hosts, Jared Bachman-Stubbs and Matthew Sterling. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie? Empire Strikes Back? Jesus, Tony, how old is this guy? I don't know, I didn't carbon date him, he's on the young side. You ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Lobo. Oh, it's on. <laughs> Let the good times roll. Avengers Endgame is upon us. We here at All of Heroes want to help bring you up to speed on all of the events of the MCU that have brought us up to this massive showdown with the Mad Titan himself, Thanos. Captain America, the first Avenger. It all starts during World War II. Johann Schmidt, the Red Skull, leads the Nazi offshoot Hydra in a campaign to acquire the Tesseract, aka the Cosmic Cube, aka the Space Stone. While Hydra's war effort ramps up, the US military begins a super soldier program that enlists Steve Rogers, a scrappy young man from Brooklyn who wants very badly to serve, but his lacking physical presence has kept him from doing so. Dr. Abraham Erskine tells Steve that he's a good man who will respect the power that Rogers would have, saying that they need a good man, not a good soldier. Soon after becoming the super soldier, the doctor is assassinated by a Hydra agent. Rogers becomes a mascot for the war effort and is denied serving. Steve finds out a slew of allied soldiers, including his childhood friend Bucky Barnes, has been captured by Hydra. He breaks rank with the help of Peggy Carter and Howard Stark, he goes to liberate them. As the war goes on, the newly minted Captain America leads his Howling Commandos to battle against Hydra as they get closer to weaponizing the Tesseract. Once the Allies find out about a massive attack Hydra has planned, Carter, Stark, Rogers, and Barnes launch a counterattack. Barnes is seemingly killed, and so is Red Skull as the cube absorbs him. Rogers bids his would-be love goodbye as he tells Peggy he has to crash land the plane in the Arctic to stop a mass casualty event. Rogers is presumed dead until he's found, frozen, 70 years later. Captain Marvel. 1995 on the Kree Empire planet of Hala, Star Force member Veer suffers from amnesia and reoccurring nightmares involving an older woman. Yonrag, her mentor and commander, trains her to control her abilities while the supreme intelligence, the artificial intelligence that rules over the Kree, urges her to keep her emotions in check. During a mission to rescue an undercover operative infiltrating a group of Skrulls, alien ship shapeshifters with whom the Kree are at war, Veers is captured by Skrull Commander Talos. A probe of Veers' memories leads them to Earth. Veers escapes and crash lands in Los Angeles. Her presence attracts S.H.I.E.L.D. agents Nick Fury and Phil Coulson, whose investigation is interrupted by a Skrull attack. In the ensuing chase, Veers recovers a Skrull containing her extracted memories while Fury kills a Skrull impersonating Coulson. Talos disguises himself as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Director Keller, and orders Fury to work with Veers and keep tabs on her. Using her extracted memories, Veers and Fury go to Project Pegasus installation at a U.S. Air Force base, where they discover Veers was a pilot, presumed to have died in 1989, while testing an experimental jet engine designed by Wendy Lawson, whom Veers recognizes as the woman from her nightmares. A S.H.I.E.L.D. team led by Talos, disguised as Keller, tries to capture them, but they escape in a cargo jet with Lawson's stowaway cat, Goose. 
They fly to Louisiana to meet former pilot Maria Rambeau, the last person to see Veers and Lawson alive. Rambeau and her daughter Monica reveal that Veers is Carol Danvers, who was once like family to them. Talos, arriving unarmed, explains that the Skrulls are refugees searching for a new home, and Lawson was Marvell, a renegade Kree scientist helping them. Talos plays a recovered recording from Lawson's jet, prompting Danvers to remember the crash. Lawson was killed by Yonrek to prevent her from destroying the engine's energy core to keep it from the Kree. Destroying the engine herself, Danvers absorbed the energy from the ensuing explosion, gaining powers but losing her memory. Danvers, Talos, Fury, and Rambo locate Lawson's cloaked laboratory orbiting Earth, where Lawson hid several scrolls, including Talos' family, and the Tesseract, the power of the energy core. There, Danvers is captured by Starforce and interfaces with the Supreme Intelligence. During their conversation, Danvers removes the Kree implant that was suppressing her powers, allowing her to reach her full potential. In the subsequent battle, Fury retrieves Goose, who was revealed to be an alien flurkin. Goose swallows the Tesseract before blinding Fury's left eye, and Danvers destroys a Kree bomber, forcing Kree officer Ronan the Accuser and his squadron to retreat before overpowering Yon-Rag on Earth and sending him back to Hala with a warning to the Supreme Intelligence. Danver departs to the help the Skrulls on a new homeworld, leaving Fury, a modified pager, to contact her in emergency. Meanwhile, Fury drafts an initiative to locate heroes like Danvers, naming it after her Air Force call sign, Avenger. Iron Man Billionaire, genius, and Stark Industries CEO Howard Stark has his spotlight taken by his son Tony, who amazes the world with his brilliant creations. Years later, Howard dies and his company is taken over by Tony, who is about to present the new Jericho missile in Afghanistan. But there, Stark is attacked and kidnapped by terrorists known as the Ten Rings, who order him and Dr. Yinsen to build the Jericho. But instead, they spend days in the cave creating an arc reactor to keep shrapnel from Stark's heart and armor to escape. During the escape, Yinsen is killed, and Stark activates his new suit and uses it to defeat the Ten Rings. He crash lands, however, in the middle of the desert, during flight, and without his armor he runs in the desert broken down, but is found by his best friend James Rhodes as they return. There, Stark announces he will not be making any more weapons, and it disappoints Obadiah Stane while Stark at home builds a streamlined and newer suit, every day making it more capable of flight. After discovering the Ten Rings are using his weapons, and Stane has been double-dealing them, Stark dons his armor to fight the Ten Rings, who later find parts of Stark's prototype suit and contact Stane so that he could build an army of Iron Soldiers to rule Asia. But he betrays the Iron Rings and steals the armor for his own purposes, reverse-engineering it into his own suit. Stark decides to find out who sent the Ten Rings the weapons, so he sends his assistant Pepper Potts to hack into Stane's computer, believing he could have been dealing with them, and she finds out Stane had sent the Ten Rings to kill Stark, but they reneged. She arrives with S.H.I.E.L.D. to arrest Stane, but Stane's scientists could not duplicate the arc reactor tech, so Stane steals Tony's and dons his suit to attack S.H.I.E.L.D. and goes after Pepper, but Tony, using his original arc reactor, saves her and the two warriors battle. And once they get atop the Stark Tower, Tony orders Potts to overload the giant arc reactor to electrocute Stane, defeating him. 
The next day, Stark is named Iron Man and is advised to keep the identity a secret, but he reveals it anyway. The Incredible Hulk At Culver University in Virginia, General Thunderbolt Ross meets with Dr. Bruce Banner, colleague and boyfriend of his daughter Betty, regarding an experiment that Ross claims is meant to make humans immune to gamma radiation. The experiment, part of a World War II-era super soldier program that Ross hopes to recreate, fails. And the exposure to gamma radiation causes Banner to transform into the Hulk for brief periods of time, whenever his heart rate rises above 200 beats per minute. Hulk destroys the lab and the surrounding area, killing several people inside and injuring the General and Betty. Along with others outside, Banner becomes a fugitive from the U.S. military and Ross in particular, who wants to weaponize the Hulk. Five years later, Banner works at a bottling factory in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, while searching for a cure for his condition. On the internet, he collaborates with a colleague he knows only as Mr. Blue, and to whom he is Mr. Green. He's learning yoga techniques to keep him in control, and is not transformed in five months. After Banner cuts his finger, a drop of his blood falls into a bottle and eventually is ingested by an elderly consumer in Milwaukee, giving him gamma sickness. Using the bottle to track down Banner, Barras sends a special forces team led by Russian-born British Royal Marine Emil Blonsky to capture him. Banner transforms into the Hulk and defeats Blonsky's team. After which, Ross explains how Banner became the Hulk Blonsky agrees to be injected with a small amount of a similar serum which gives him enhanced speed, strength, agility, and healing, but also begins to deform his skeleton and impair his judgment. Banner returns to Culver University and reunites with Betty, who is dating a psychiatrist. Banner is attacked a second time by Ross and Blonsky's forces, tipped off by the suspicious Samson, causing him to again transform into Hulk. The ensuing battle outside the university proves futile for Ross's forces, and they retreat, though Blonsky's sanity is faltering. The Hulk severely injures Blonsky and flees with Betty. After the Hulk reverts to Banner, he and Betty go on the run, and Banner contacts Mr. Blue, who urges him to meet him in New York City. Mr. Blue is actually cellular biologist Samuel Stearns, who tells Banner he has been developing a possible antidote to Banner's condition. After a successful test, he warns Banner that the antidote may only reverse each individual transformation. Stern reveals he synthesized Banner's blood samples, which Banner sent from Brazil, into a large supply, with the intention of applying its limitless potential to medicine. Fearful of the Hulk's powers falling into military hands, Banner wishes to destroy the blood samples. Blonsky, now completely healed from the battle at Culver University, joins Ross's forces for a third attempt to take Banner into custody. They succeed, and Banner, along with Betty, are taken away in a helicopter. Blonsky stays behind and orders Stern to inject him with Banner's blood as he covers the Hulk's power. Stern warns with that the combination of the super soldier formula and Banner's blood may cause him to become an abomination. But Blonsky insists. The experiment mutates Blonsky into a creature with size and strength surpassing that of the Hulk, but drives him insane. He attacks Stern, who gets some of Banner's blood into a cut from on his forehead, causing him to begin mutating. In this new monstrous form, Blonsky rampages through Harlem. Realizing that the Hulk is the only one who can stop Blonsky, Banner convinces Ross to release him. He jumps from Ross's helicopter and transforms after hitting the ground. 
After a long and brutal battle through Harlem, the Hulk defeats Blonsky by nearly strangling him to death with a chain, but spares his life upon hearing Betty's plea, and leaves Blonsky for Ross and forces him into an arrest. After having a peaceful moment with Betty, the Hulk flees New York. A month later, Banner is in Bella Coola, British Columbia. Instead of suppressing his transformation, he begins to transform in a controlled manner with a slight smirk. Tony Stark approaches Ross at a local bar and informs him that he is putting a team together. Iron Man 2 In Russia, the media covers Tony Stark's disclosure of his identity as Iron Man. Ivan Vanko, whose father Anton Vanko has just died, sees this and begins building a miniature arc reactor similar to Stark's. Six months later, Stark is a superstar and uses his Iron Man suit for peaceful means, resisting government pressure to sell his designs. He reinstitutes the Stark Expo to continue his father Howard's legacy. The palladium core in the arc reactor that keeps Stark alive and powers the armor is slowly poisoning him, and he cannot find a substitute. Growing increasingly reckless and despondent about his impending death, and choosing not to tell anyone about his condition, Stark appoints his personal assistant Pepper Potts as CEO of Stark Industries and hires Stark employee Natalie Rushman to replace her as his personal assistant. Stark competes in the Monaco Historic Grand Prix, where he is attacked in the middle of the race by Vanko, who wields electrified whips. Stark dons his portable armor and defeats Vanko, but the suit is severely damaged. Vanko explains his intention was to prove to the world that Iron Man is not invincible. Impressed by Vanko's performance, Stark's rival Justin Hammer fakes Vanko's death while breaking him out of prison and asks him to build a line of armored suits to upstage Stark. During what he believes is his final birthday party, Stark gets drunk while wearing the Iron Man suit. Disgusted, his best friend, U.S. Air Force Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes, dons Stark's prototype armor and tries to restrain him. The fight ends in a stalemate, so Rhodes confiscates the armor for the U.S. Air Force. Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., approaches Stark, revealing Rushman to be Agent Natasha Romanoff, and that Howard Stark was a S.H.I.E.L.D. founder whom Fury knew personally. Fury explains that Vanko's father jointly invented the arc reactor with his father Howard, but when Anton agreed to sell it for profit, Stark had him deported. The Soviets sent Anton to the Gulag. Fury gives Stark some of his father's old material. A hidden message in a diorama from the 1974 Stark Expo proves to be a diagram of the structure for a new element. With the aid of his computer, Jarvis, Stark synthesizes the new element. When he learns Vanko is still alive, he places the new element in his arc reactor and ends his palladium deficiency. At the Expo, Hammer unveils Vanko's armored drones, led by Rhodes in a heavily weaponized version of the prototype armor. Stark arrives to warn Rhodes, but Vanko remotely takes control of both the drones and Rhodes' armor and attacks Stark. Hammer is arrested while Romanoff and Stark's bodyguard, Happy Hogan, go after Vanko in Hammer's factory. Vanko escapes, but Romanoff returns control of Rhodes' armor. Stark and Rhodes together defeat Vanko and his drones. Vanko commits suicide by blowing up his suits along with the defeated drones. At a debriefing, Fury informs Stark that because of Stark's difficult personality, S.H.I.E.L.D. intends to use him only as a consultant. Stark and Rhodes receive medals for their heroism, 
and in a post-credit scene, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Phil Coulson reports the discovery of a large hammer at the bottom of a crater in the desert of New Mexico. Thor, the Mighty Avenger In 965 AD, Odin, king of Asgard, wages war against the frost giants of Jotunheim and their leader, Laufey. To prevent them from conquering the Nine Realms, starting with Earth, the Asgardian warriors defeat the Frost Giants and seize the source of their power, the Casket of Ancient Winters. In the present, Odin's son Thor prepares to ascend to the throne of Asgard but is interrupted when Frost Giants attempt to retrieve the Casket. Against Odin's orders, Thor travels to Jotunheim to confront Laufey, accompanied by his brother Loki, childhood friend Sif, and the Warriors Three, Volstagg, Fandral, and Hogan. A battle ensues until Odin interferes to save the Asgardians, destroying the fragile truce between the two races. For Thor's arrogance, Odin strips his son of his godly powers and exiles him to Earth as a mortal, accompanied by his hammer Mjolnir, now protected by an enchantment that will only allow those who are worthy to wield it. Thor lands in New Mexico, where astrophysicist Dr. Jane Foster, her assistant Darcy Lewis, and mentor Dr. Eric Selvig find him. The local populace finds Mjolnir, which S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Phil Coulson soon commandeers before forcibly acquiring Foster's data about the wormhole that delivered Thor to Earth. Thor, having discovered Mjolnir's nearby location, seeks to retrieve it from the facility that S.H.I.E.L.D. has constructed. But, he finds himself unable to lift it and is captured. With Selvig's help, he is freed and resigns himself to exile on Earth as he develops a romance with Foster. Loki discovers that he is Laufey's biological son, adopted by Odin after the war had ended. A weary Odin falls deep into the Odin sleep to recover his strength. Loki takes the throne in Odin's stead and offers Laufey the chance to kill Odin and retrieve the casket. Sif and the Warriors Three, unhappy with Loki's rule, attempt to return Thor from exile, convincing Heimdall, gatekeeper of the Bifrost, the means of traveling between worlds, to allow them passage to Earth. Aware of their plan, Loki sends the Destroyer, a seemingly indestructible automaton, to pursue them and kill Thor. The warriors find Thor, but the Destroyer attacks and defeats him, prompting Thor to offer himself instead. Struck by the Destroyer and near death, Thor's sacrifice proves him worthy to wield Mjolnir. The hammer returns to him, restoring his powers, and enable him to defeat the Destroyer. Kissing Foster goodbye and vowing to return, he and his fellow Asgardians leave to confront Loki. In Asgard, Loki betrays Laufey, killing him and revealing his true plan to use Laufey's attempt on Odin's life as an excuse to destroy Jotunheim and the Bifrost Bridge. Thor arrives and fights Loki before destroying the Bifrost Bridge to stop Loki's plan, stranding himself in Asgard. Odin awakens and prevents the brothers from falling into the abyss created in the wake of the bridge's destruction, but Loki apparently commits suicide by allowing himself to fall when Odin rejects his plea for approval. Thor makes amends with Odin, admitting he is not ready to be king. Meanwhile on Earth, Foster and her team search for a new way to open a portal to Asgard. In a post-credit scene, Selvig is seen taking, being taken to a shield facility where Fury opens a briefcase and asks him to study a mysterious cube-shaped object, which Fury says may hold untold power. An invisible Loki prompts Selvig to agree, and so he does. The Avengers the Asgardian Loki encounters the Other, the leader of an extraterrestrial race known as the Chitauri. In exchange for retrieving the Tesseract, a powerful energy source of unknown potential, the Other promises Loki an army with which he can subjugate Earth. 
Nick Fury, director of the espionage agency S.H.I.E.L.D., and his lieutenant agent Maria Hill arrive at a remote research facility during an evacuation where physicist Dr. Eric Selvig is leading a research team experimenting on the Tesseract. Agent Phil Coulson explains that the object has begun radiating an unusual form of energy. The Tesseract suddenly activates and opens a wormhole, allowing Loki to reach Earth. Loki takes the Tesseract and uses his scepter to enslave Selvik and a few other agents, including Clint Barton, to aid him in his getaway. In response to the attack, Fury activates the Avengers Initiative. Agent Natasha Romanoff is sent to Calcutta to recruit Dr. Bruce Banner to trace the Tesseract through its gamma radiation emissions. Coulson visits Tony Stark to have him review Selvig's research, and Fury approaches Steve Rogers with an assignment to retrieve the Tesseract. In Stuttgart, Barton steals iridium needed to stabilize the Tesseract's power while Loki causes a distraction, leading to a brief confrontation with Rogers, Stark, and Romanoff that ends with Loki's surrender. While Loki is being escorted to S.H.I.E.L.D., Thor, his adoptive brother, arrives and frees him, hoping to convince him to abandon his plan and return to Asgard. After a confrontation with Stark and Rogers, Thor agrees to take Loki to S.H.I.E.L.D.'s helicarrier. Upon arrival, Loki is imprisoned while Banner and Stark attempt to locate the Tesseract. The Avengers become divided, both over how to approach Loki and the revelation that S.H.I.E.L.D. plans to harness the Tesseract to develop weapons as a deterrent against hostile extraterrestrials. As the group argues, Barton and Loki's other possessed agents attack the helicarrier, disabling one of its engines in flight and causing Banner to transform into the Hulk. Stark and Rogers work to reset the damaged engine, and Thor attempts to stop the Hulk's rampage. Romanoff reluctantly fights Barton and knocks him unconscious, breaking Loki's mind control. Loki escapes after killing Coulson and ejecting Thor from the airship, while the Hulk falls to the ground after attacking a S.H.I.E.L.D. fighter jet. Fury uses Coulson's death to motivate the Avengers to work as a team. Stark and Rogers realize that for Loki, simply defeating them will not be enough. He needs to overpower them publicly to validate himself as ruler of Earth. Loki uses the Tesseract, in conjunction with a device Selvig built, to open a wormhole above Stark Tower in New York City to the Chitauri fleet in space, launching his invasion. Rogers, Stark, Romanoff, Barton, and Thor rally in defense of New York City, the wormhole's location. Banner arrives and transforms into the Hulk, and together the Avengers battle the Chitauri while evacuating civilians. The Hulk finds Loki and beats him into submission. Romanoff makes her way to the wormhole generator where Selvig, freed from Loki's mind control, reveals that Loki's scepter can be used to shut down the generator. Meanwhile, Fury's supervisors from the World Security Council attempt to end the invasion by launching a nuclear missile at Midtown Manhattan. Stark intercepts the missile and takes it through the wormhole toward the Chitauri fleet. The missile detonates, destroying the Chitauri mothership and disabling their forces on Earth. Stark's suit runs out of power, and he falls back through the wormhole just as Romanoff closes it. Stark goes into freefall, but the Hulk saves him from crashing to the ground. In the aftermath, Thor returns Loki and the Tesseract to Asgard, while Fury expresses confidence that the Avengers will return if they are needed. In a mid-credits scene, the other confers with his master, Thanos, about the failed attack on Earth. In a post-credits scene, the Avengers eat in silence at a shawarma restaurant. Iron Man 3 
At a New Year's Eve party in 1999, Tony Stark meets scientist Maya Hansen, the inventor of an experimental regenerative therapy named Extremis. Disabled scientist Aldrich Killian offers him a place in his company, Advanced Idea Mechanics, but Stark rejects him. In December of 2012, seven months after the Battle of New York, Stark is suffering from PTSD and is having frequent panic and anxiety attacks due to his experience during the alien invasion and subsequent battle. Restless, he has built dozens of new Iron Man suits, creating friction with his girlfriend Pepper Potts. A string of bombings claimed by a terrorist known as the Mandarin has left intelligence agencies bewildered by a lack of forensic evidence. Stark security chief Happy Hogan is badly injured in one such attack, prompting Stark to boldly issue a televised threat to the Mandarin, revealing his home address in the process. The Mandarin sends a gunship helicopter to attack Stark's home. Hansen, who came to warn Stark, survives the attack with Potts. Stark escapes an experimental Iron Man suit, which has artificial intelligence Jarvis pilots to rural Tennessee following a flight plan from Stark's investigation into the Mandarin. Stark's new armor is not fully functional and lacks sufficient power to return to California, leaving the world to believe him dead. Teaming with Harley, a 10-year-old boy, Stark investigates the remains of a local explosion bearing the hallmarks of a Mandarin attack. He discovers the bombings were triggered by soldiers subjected to extremists whose bodies explosively rejected the treatment. These explosions were falsely attributed to a terrorist plot in order to cover up extremists' flaws. Stark witnessed Extremis firsthand when the Mandarin agents, Bandit and Saban, attacked him. Meanwhile, Killian resurfaces and kidnaps Potts and Hansen. American intelligence agencies continue to search for the Mandarin's location, with James Rhodes, the former war machine, now rebranded as Iron Patriot, or is lured into a trap to steal his Iron Man-like armor. With Harley's help, Stark traces the Mandarin to Miami and infiltrates his headquarters using improvised weapons. And Scientee discovers the Mandarin is actually an English actor known as Trevor Slattery, who is oblivious to the actions carried in his image. Killian, who appropriated Hansen's extremist research as a cure for his own disability and expanded the program to include injured war vets, revealed he is the real Mandarin behind Slattery's cover. After capturing Stark, Killian reveals that the subjected pots to extremists in the hope that Stark will fix extremists' flaws while trying to save her. Killian fatally shoots Hansen when he, she tries to stop him. Stark escapes and reunites with Rhodes, discovering that Killian intends to attack the President aboard Air Force One using the Iron Patriot arm. Stark saves some of the surviving passengers and crew, but cannot stop Killian from abducting President Ellis and destroying Air Force One. They trace Killian to an impounded, damaged oil tanker, where Killian intends to kill Ellis live on television. The Vice President will become a puppet leader following Killian's orders in exchange for extremists to cure his young daughter's disability. On the platform, Stark works to save Potts as Rhodes goes after the President. Stark summons the remaining Iron Man suits controlled remotely by Jarvis to provide him air support. Rhodes secures the President and takes him to safety while Stark discovers Potts has survived the extremist procedure. Before he can save her, a rig collapses around them and she falls to her apparent death. Stark fights Killian and traps him in an Iron Man suit that self-destructs, but fails to kill him. Potts, whose extremist powers allowed her to survive her fall, intervenes and kills Killian herself. Stark orders Jarvis to remotely detonate each Iron Man suit as a sign of his devotion to Potts, while the Vice President and Slattery are arrested. With Stark's help, 
Pod's extremis effects are stabilized, and Stark promises to scale back his life as Iron Man. Undergoing a surgery to remove the shrapnel near his heart and throwing his obsolete chest arc reactor into the sea. He muses that even without the technology, he always will be Iron Man. Thor The Dark World Eons ago, Bor, father of Odin, clashes with the dark elf Malekith, who seeks to unleash a weapon known as the Aether on the Nine Realms. After conquering Malekith's forces, including enhanced warriors called the Cursed, on their homeworld of Svartalfheim, Bor safeguards the Aether within a stone column. Unknown to Bor, Malekith, as well as his Lieutenant Algrim, and a handful of Dark Elves escape into suspended animation. In present-day Asgard, Loki stands imprisoned for his war crimes on Earth. Meanwhile, Thor, alongside his warriors Fandral, Volstag, and Sif, repel marauders on Vanaheim, home of their comrade Hogan. It is the final battle in the war to pacify the Nine Realms following the reconstruction of the Bifrost, the rainbow bridge between realms, which had been destroyed two years earlier. The Asgardians soon learn that the Convergence, a rare alignment of the Nine Realms, is imminent. As the event approaches, portals linking the worlds appear at random. In London, astrophysicist Dr. Jane Foster and her intern Darcy Lewis travel to an abandoned factory, where such portals have appeared, disrupting the laws of physics around them. Separating from the group, Foster is teleported to another world where she is infected by the Aether. Heimdall alerts Thor that Foster has moved beyond his near-all-seeing sight, leading Thor to Earth. When Thor finds Foster, she inadvertently releases an unearthly force and Thor returns her to Asgard. Odin, recognizing the Aether, warns that the Aether will not only kill Foster, but that its return heralds a catastrophic prophecy. Malekith, awakened by the Aether's release, turns Algrim into a cursed and they attack Asgard. During the battle, Malekith and Algrim search for Foster, sensing that she contains the Aether. Thor's mother, Frigga, is killed protecting Foster, and Malekith and Algrim are forced to flee without Foster. Despite Odin's orders not to leave Asgard, Thor reluctantly enlists the help of Loki, who knows a secret portal to Svartalfheim, where they will use Foster to lure and confront Malekith away from Asgard. In return, Thor promises Loki vengeance on Malekith for killing their mother. With Volstagg and Sif stalling Asgardian soldiers and Fandral assisting their escape, Thor, Loki, and Foster head to Svartalfheim. There, Loki tricks Malekith into drawing the Aether out of Foster, but Thor's attempt to destroy the exposed substance fails. Malekith merges with the Aether and leaves in his ship as Loki is fatally wounded while killing the cursed Algrim. Thor, cradling Loki in his arms, promises to tell their father of his sacrifice. Afterward, Thor and Foster discover another portal in a nearby cave and reunite in London with Lewis and Foster's mentor, Dr. Eric Selvig, who is briefly institutionalized due to the mental trauma he suffered during Loki's attack on Earth. They learn that Malekith plans to restore the Dark Elves to dominance by unleashing the Aether at the center of the Convergence in Greenwich. Thor battles Ma Malekith through various portals and across multiple worlds until one portal separates them, leaving Malekith unopposed on Earth. Thor returns in time to help his mortal comrades use their scientific equipment to transport Malekith to Svartalfheim, where he is crushed by his own damaged ship. Thor returns to Asgard, where he declines Odin's offer to take the throne and tells Odin of Loki's sacrifice. 
As he leaves, Odin's form transforms into Loki, who is alive and impersonating Odin. In a mid-credits scene, Volstagg and Siv visit the Collector and entrust the Aether to his care, commenting that with the Tesseract already in Asgard, having two Infinity Stones so close together would be unwise. As they leave, the Collector states his desire to acquire the other five stones. In a post credit scene, Foster and Thor reunite on Earth, while somewhere in London, a frost monster from Jotunheim, accidentally transported to Earth during the final battle, continues to run amok. Captain America, the Winter Soldier Two years after the Battle of New York, Steve Rogers works in Washington, D.C. for the espionage agency S.H.I.E.L.D., under director Nick Fury, while adjusting to the contemporary society, Rogers and Agent Natasha Romanoff are sent with S.H.I.E.L.D.'s counterterrorism strike team led by Agent Rumlow to free hostages aboard a S.H.I.E.L.D. vessel from Bartok the Leaper and his mercenaries. Mid-mission, Rogers discovers Romanoff has another agenda to extract data from the ship's computers for Fury. Rogers returns to the Triskelion in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s headquarters to confront Fury and is briefed about Project Insight three helicarriers linked to spy satellites designed to preemptively eliminate threats. Unable to decrypt the data recovered by Romanoff, Fury becomes suspicious about Insight and asks senior S.H.I.E.L.D. official and Secretary of Eternal Security, Alexander Pierce, to delay the project. On his way to rendezvous with Maria Hill, <clears throat> Fury is ambushed by assailants led by a mysterious assassin called the Winter Soldier. Fury escapes to Roger's apartment and warns Rogers that S.H.I.E.L.D. is compromised. Fury is gunned down by the Winter Soldier before handing Rogers a flash drive containing a data from the ship. Fury is pronounced dead during surgery, and Hill recovers the body. The next day, Pierce summons Rogers to the Triskelion, when Rogers withholds Fury's information. <coughs> Pierce brands him a fugitive, and has him hunted by strike. Rogers meets with Romanov, using data in the flash drive to discover a secret shield bunker in New Jersey. There, they activate a supercomputer containing the preserved consciousness of Armin Zola. Zola re reveals that ever since S.H.I.E.L.D. was founded, after World War II, Hydra was secretly operated within its ranks, sowing global chaos with the objective of making humanity surrender its freedom in exchange for security. The pair narrowly escape death when a S.H.I.E.L.D. missile destroys the bunker and realizes that Pierce is Hydra's leader from within. Rogers and Romanov enlist the help of former USAF pararescue man Sam Wilson, whom Rogers befriended and acquired his powered Falcon wing pack. Deducing that S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Jasper Sitwell is a Hydra mole, they force him to divulge that Zola developed a data mining algorithm that can identify individuals becoming threats to Hydra. The inside helicarriers will sweep the globe using a satellite guided guns to eliminate individuals. Rogers, Romanoff, and Wilson are ambushed by Winter Soldier, who kills Sitwell. During the fight, Rogers recognizes the Winter Soldier as Bucky Barnes, his childhood best friend who supposedly fell to his death on a mission, but was actually captured and experimented upon after World War II. Hill manages to extract the trio to his safe house where Fury, who faked his death, is waiting with plans to sabotage the helicarriers by replacing their controller chips. After the World Security Council members arrive for the helicarrier's launch, Rogers broadcasts Hydra's plot to everyone at the Triskelion. Romanoff, disguised as one of the council members, disarms Pierce. Fury arrives and forces Pierce to unlock S.H.I.E.L.D.'s database so that Romanoff can leak classified information, exposing Hydra to the public. Following a struggle, Fury kills Pierce. Meanwhile, Rogers and Wilson storm two helicarriers and destroy the controller chips. 
but the Winter Soldier destroys Wilson's suit and fights Rogers on the third. Rogers fends him off and replaces the final chip, allowing Hill to take control and have the vessels destroy each other. Rogers refuses to fight the Winter Soldier in an attempt to reach his friend, but as the ship collides with the Triskelion, Rogers is thrown into the Potomac River. The Winter Soldier rescues the unconscious Rogers before disappearing into the woods. With shield in disarray, Romanoff appears before a Senate subcommittee and Fury, under the cover of his apparent death, heads to Eastern Europe in pursuit of Hydra's remaining cells. Rogers and Wilson decide to find the Winter Soldier, while Rumlow, who was a double agent for Hydra, is hospitalized following the Triskelion's destruction. In a mid-credit scene, Baron Wolfgang von Strucker at a Hydra lab proclaims that the Age of Miracles has begun, as scientists examine an energy-filled scepter and two test subjects, one with superhuman speed and the other with telekinetic powers. In a post-credit scene, Barnes visits his own memorial at the Smithsonian Institution. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 In 1988, following his mother's death, a young Peter Quill is abducted from Earth by the Ravagers, a group of space pirates led by Yandu Udanta. 26 years later, on the planet Morag, Quill steals a mysterious orb but is attacked by Korath, a subordinate to the fanatical Kree, Ronin. Although Quill escapes with the orb, Yandu discovers his theft and issues a bounty for his capture, while Ronin sends the assassin Gamora after the orb. When Quill attempts to sell the orb on Xandar, capital of the Nova Empire, Gamora ambushes him and steals it. A fight ensues, drawing in a pair of bounty hunters, the genetically and cybernetically modified raccoon Rocket and the tree-like humanoid Groot. Nova Corps officers capture the four, detaining them in the Kiln prison. A powerful inmate there, Drax, attempted to kill Gamora due to her association with Ronan and Thanos, who killed his family. Quill convinces Drax that Gamora can bring Ronan to him, though Gamora reveals that she has betrayed Ronan, unwilling to let him use the orb's power. Learning that Gamora has a buyer for the orb, Quill, Rocket, Groot, and Drax work with her to escape the kiln in Quill's ship, the Milano. Ronan meets with Gamora's adopted father, Thanos, to discuss her betrayal. Quill's group flee to nowhere, a remote criminal outpost in space built in the giant severed head of a celestial. A drunken Drax summons Ronin, while the rest of the group meet Gamora's contact, the Collector, Tanelir Tavan. Tavan opens the orb, revealing the Power Infinity Stone, an item of immeasurable power that destroys all but the most powerful beings who wield it. Tavan's slave Karina grabs the stone, triggering an explosion that engulfs Tavan's archive. Ronin arrives and easily defeats Drax, while the others flee by ship pursued by Ronan's followers and Gamora's adoptive sister, Nebula. Nebula destroys Gamora's ship, leaving her floating in space, and Ronan's fighters capture the orb. Quill contacts Yondu before following Gamora into space, giving her his helmet to survive. Yondu arrives and retrieves the pair. Rocket, Drax, and Groot threaten to attack Yondu's ship to rescue them, but Quill negotiates a truce, promising the orb to Yondu. Quill's group agrees that facing Ronan means certain death, but that they cannot let him use the Infinity Stone to destroy the galaxy. On Ronan's flagship, the Dark Aster, Ronan embeds the stone in his Warhammer, taking its power for himself. He contacts Thanos, threatening to kill him after first destroying Xandar. Hateful of her adoptive father, Nebula allies with Ronan. 
The Ravagers and Quill's group join with the Nova Corps to confront the Dark Aster at Xandar, with Quill's group breaching the Dark Aster in the Milano. Ronan uses his empowered Warhammer to destroy the Nova Corps fleet. Drax and Gamora defeat Korath and Nebula, the latter escaping, but the group find themselves outmatched by Ronan's power until Rocket crashes a Ravager ship through the Dark Aster. The damaged Dark Aster crash lands on Xandar, with Groot sacrificing himself to shield the group. Ronan emerges from the wreck and prepares to destroy Xandar, but Quill distracts him, allowing Drax and Rocket to destroy Ronan's Warhammer. Quill grabs the Freed Stone, and with Gamora, Drax, and Rocket sharing its burden, they use it to destroy Ronan. In the aftermath, Quill tricks Yondu into taking a container supposedly containing the stone, and gives the real stone to the Nova Corps. As the Ravagers leave Xandar, Yondu remarks that it turned out well that they did not deliver Quill to his father per their contract. Quill's group, now known as the Guardians of the Galaxy, have their criminal records expunged, and Quill learns that he is only half-human, his father being part of an ancient, unknown species. Quill finally opens the last present he received from his mother, a cassette tape filled with her favorite songs. The Guardians leave in their rebuilt Milano, along with a sapling cut from Groot. In a post-credit scene, Tivon sits on his destroyed archive with two of his living exhibits, a canine cosmonaut and an anthropomorphic duck. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2 In 2014, Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Baby Groot are renowned as the Guardians of the Galaxy. Aisha, leader of the Sovereign Race, has the Guardians protect valuable batteries from an interdimensional monster in exchange for Gamora's estranged sister, Nebula, who was caught attempting to steal the batteries. After Rocket steals some of the batteries for himself, the Sovereign attack the Guardians' ship with a fleet of drones. These are destroyed by a mysterious figure, and the Guardians crash land on a nearby planet. There, this figure reveals himself as Quill's father, Ego, the living planet, and invites Quill, Gamora, and Drax to his homeworld. Rocket and Groot remain behind to repair the ship and guard Nebula. Aisha hires Yondu Ondanta and his crew, who have been exiled from the Greater Ravager community, for child trafficking to recapture the Guardians. They capture Groot, but when Yondu hesitates to turn over Quill, whom he has raised, his lieutenant, Taserface, leads a mutiny with the help of Nebula. Taserface imprisons Rocket and Yondu aboard the latter's ship and executes his loyalists by releasing them into space. Nebula leaves to find and kill Gamora, who she blames for the torture inflicted by her, on her by her father, Thanos. While imprisoned, Rocket and Yondu bond. Groot and Kraglin, a remaining Yondu loyalist, free Rocket and Yondu, and then destroy the ship and its crew as they escape, though not before Taserface warns the Sovereign. Ego, a godlike celestial that manipulated the matter around its consciousness to form his home planet, explains that it projected a humanoid guise to travel through the universe and discover a purpose, eventually falling in love with Quill's mother, Meredith. Ego hired Yondu to collect the young Quill after Meredith's death, but the boy was never delivered, and Ego has been searching for him ever since. He teaches Quill to manipulate the celestial power, and Nebula arrives at Ego's planet and tries to kill Gamora. But the pair reach an uneasy alliance when they discover a cavern filled with the skeletal remains of Ego's children. Ego reveals to Quill that in his travels he planted seedlings on thousands of worlds which can terraform into a new extension of himself, but they can only be activated by the power of two celestials. To that end, he impregnated countless women and hired Yondu to collect the children, 
but killed them all when they failed to access the celestial power. Under Ego's influence, Quill helps him activate the seedlings, which begin to consume every world. But Quill fights back when Ego reveals that he gave Meredith the tumor that killed her due to the distraction that she posed. Mantis, Ego's naive empath servant, grows close to Drax and warns him of Ego's plan, and Gamora and Nebula also learn of the plan as Rocket, Yondu, Groot, and Kraglin arrive. As they come under attack from the Sovereign's drones, the reunited Guardians of the Galaxy find Ego's brain at the planet's core. Rocket makes a bomb using the stolen batteries which Groot plants on the brain. Quill fights Ego with his newfound celestial power to distract him long enough for the other Guardians and Mantis to escape. The bomb explodes, killing Ego and disintegrating the planet. Quill loses his powers soon after Ego's death. Yondu sacrifices himself to save Quill, who realizes that the realize Yondu kept him was to spare him from the fate of Ego's other progeny, and that Yondu was Quill's true daddy. Having reconciled with Gamora, Nebula still chooses to leave and resume her quest to kill Thanos by herself. The Guardians hold a funeral for Yondu, which is attended by Kraglin and dozens of Ravager ships, acknowledging Yondu's sacrifice and accepting him as a true Ravager again. In a series of mid- and post-credit scenes, Kraglin takes up Yondu's telekinetic arrow and control fit. Ravager leader Stokar Ogadon reunites with his ex-teammates, Groot has grown into a teenager, Aisha creates a new artificial being with whom she plans to destroy the Guardians, naming him Adam, and a group of uninterested Watchers abandon their informant who is discussing his experiences on Earth. Avengers Age of Ultron In the Eastern European country of Sokovia, the Avengers, Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Thor, Bruce Banner, Natasha Romanoff, and Clint Barton, raid a Hydra facility commanded by Baron Wolfgang von Strucker, who has been experimenting on humans using the scepter previously wielded by Loki. They encounter two of Strucker's test subjects, twin Pietro Maximoff, who has superhuman speed, and Wanda Maximoff, who has telepathic and telekinetic abilities, and apprehended Strucker while Stark retrieves Loki's scepter. Stark and Banner discover an artificial intelligence within the scepter's gem, and secretly decide to use it to complete Stark's Ultron global defense program. The unexpectedly sentient Ultron, believing he must eradicate humanity to save Earth, eliminates Stark's AI Jarvis and attacks the Avengers at their headquarters. Escaping with the Scepter, Ultron uses the resources in Strucker's Sokovia base to upgrade his rudimentary body and build an army of robot drones. Having killed Strucker, he recruits the Maximoffs, who holds Stark responsible for their parents' death by his company's weapons, and goes to the base of arms dealer Ulysses Claw in Johannesburg to obtain Wakandan Vibranium. The Avengers attack Ultron and the Maximoffs, but Wanda subdues them with haunting visions, causing Banner to turn into the Hulk and rampage until Stark stops him with his anti-Hulk armor. A worldwide backlash over the resulting destruction and the fears Wanda's hallucinations incited send the team into hiding at a safe house. Thor departs to consult with Dr. Eric Selvig on the apocalyptic future he saw in his hallucination, while Nick Fury arrives and encourages the team to form a plan to stop Ultron. In Seoul, Ultron uses Loki's scepter to enslave the team's friend, Dr. Helen Cho. They use her synthetic tissue technology, vibranium, and the scepter's gem to craft a new body. As Ultron uploads himself into the body, Wanda is able to read his mind, discovering his plan for humans' extinction. 
The Maximoffs turn against Ultron. Rogers, Romanoff, and Barton find Ultron and retrieve the synthetic body, but Ultron captures Romanoff. The Avengers fight amongst themselves when Stark secretly uploads Jarvis, who is still operational after hiding from Ultron inside the internet, into the synthetic body. Thor returns to help activate the body, explaining that the gem is on its brow, one of the six Infinity Stones, the most powerful objects in existence. And this was a part of his vision. This vision and the Maximoffs accompany the Avengers to Sokovia, where Ultron has used the remaining vibranium to build a machine to lift a large part of the capital city skyward, intending to crash it to the ground to cause global extinction. Banner rescues Romanoff, who awakens the Hulk for the battle. The Avengers fight Ultron's army while Fury arrives in Helicarrier with Maria Hill, James Rhodes, and S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to evacuate civilians. Pietro dies when he shields Barton from gunfire, and vengeful Wanda abandons her post to destroy Ultron's primary body, which allows one of his drones to activate the machine. The city plummets, but Stark and Thor overload the machine and shatter the landmass. In the aftermath, the Hulk, unwilling to endanger Romanoff by being with her, departs in a Quinjet, while the Vision confronts and seemingly destroys Ultron's last remaining body. Later, with the Avengers having established a new base run by Fury, Hill, Cho, and Selvig, Thor returns to Asgard to learn more about the forces he suspects have manipulated recent events. As Stark leaves and Barton retires, Rogers and Romanoff prepare to train new Avengers. Rhodes, the Vision, Sam Wilson, and Wanda. In a mid-credits scene, Thanos, dissatisfied by the failures of his pawns, dons a gauntlet and vows to retrieve the Infinity Stones for himself. Ant-Man. In 1989, scientist Hank Pym resigns from S.H.I.E.L.D. after discovering their attempt to replicate his Ant-Man shrinking technology. Believing the technology is dangerous, Pym vows to hide it as long as he lives. In the present day, Pym's estranged daughter, Hope Van Dyme, and former protege, Darren Cross, have forced him out of his company, Pym Technologies. Cross is close to perfecting the, sh the shrinking suit of his own, the Yellow Jacket, which horrifies Pym. Upon his release from prison, well-meaning thief Scott Lang moves in with his old cellmate, Luis. Lang visits his daughter, Cassie, unannounced and is chastised by his former wife, Maggie, and her police detective fiancé, Paxton, for not providing child support. Unable to hold down a job because of his criminal record, Lang agrees to join Luis's crew and commit a burglary. Lang breaks into a house and cracks it safe, but only finds what he believes to be an old motorcycle suit, which he takes home. After trying the suit on, Lang accidentally shrinks himself to the size of an insect. Terrified by the experience, he returns the suit to the house, but is arrested on the way out. Pym, the homeowner, visits Lang in jail and smuggles the suit into his cell to help him break out. Pym, who manipulated Lang all throughout an unknowing Luis into stealing the suit as a test, wants Lang to become the new Ant-Man to steal the yellow jacket from Cross. Having been spying on Cross after discovering his intentions, Van Dyne and Pym train Lang to fight and control ants. While Van Dyne harbors resentment towards Pym about her mother Janet's death, he reveals that Janet, known as the Wasp, disappeared into a subatomic quantum realm while disabling a Soviet nuclear missile. Pym warns Lang that he could suffer a similar fate if he overrides his suit's regulator. They send him to steal a device that will aid their heist from the Avengers headquarters, 
where he briefly fights the Falcon. Cross perfects the Yellow Jacket and hosts an unveiling ceremony at Pym Technologies headquarters. Lang, along with his crew and a swarm of flying ants, infiltrate the building during the event and sabotage the company's servers and plant explosives. When he attempts to steal the Yellow Jacket, he, along with Pym and Van Dyne, are captured by Cross, who intends to sell both the Yellow Jacket and Ant-Man suits to Hydra. Lang breaks free, and he and Van Dyne dispatch most of the Hydra agents, though one flees with a vial of Cross's particles, and Pym is shot. Lang pursues Cross while the explosives detonate, imploding the building as Pym and Van Dyne escape. Cross dons the Yellow Jacket and attacks Lang before Lang is arrested by Paxton. Cross takes Cassie hostage to lower Lang into another fight. Lang overrides the regulator and shrinks to the subatomic size to penetrate Cross's suit and sabotage it to shrink uncontrollably, killing Cross. Scott disappears into the quantum realm but manages to reverse the effects and returns to the macroscopic world. Out of gratitude for Scott's heroism, Paxton covers for Lang to keep him out of prison. Seeing that Scott survived and returned from the quantum realm, Hank wonders if his wife is alive as well. Later, Scott meets up with Luis, who tells him that Wilson is looking for him. In a mid credit scene, Pym shows Van Dyne a new Wasp prototype and offers it to her. In a post credit scene, Wilson and Steve Rogers have Bucky Barnes in their custody, unable to contact Tony Stark because of the Accords. Wilson mentions he knows someone who can help. Captain America Civil War in 1991, the brainwashed super-soldier James Bucky Barnes is dispatched from a Hydra base in Siberia to intercept an automobile carrying a case of super-soldier serum. In the present day, approximately one year after Ultron's defeat in the nation of Sokovia at the hands of the Avengers, Steve Rogers, Natasha Romanoff, Sam Wilson, and Wanda Maximoff stop Brock, Brock Rumlow from stealing a biological weapon from a lab in Lagos. Rumlow blows himself up, attempting to kill Rogers. Maximoff telekinetically contains the explosion and throws it upwards, but damages a nearby building and accidentally kills several Wakandan humanitarian workers. U.S. Secretary of State Thaddeus Ross informs the Avengers that the United Nations is preparing to pass the Sokovia Accords, which will establish a UN panel to oversee and control the team. The Avengers are divided. Tony Stark supports oversight because of his role in Ultron's creation and Sokovia's devastation, while Rogers has more faith in his own judgment than in that of a government. Meanwhile, Helmut Zemo tracks down and kills Barnes's old Hydra handler, stealing a book containing the trigger words that activate Barnes's brainwashing. At a conference in Vienna where the accords are to be ratified, a bomb kills King T'Chaka of Wakanda. Security footage indicates the bomber is Barnes, whom T'Chaka's son T'Challa vows to kill. Informed by Sharon Carter of Barnes's whereabouts and the authorities' intentions to kill him, Rogers decides to try and bring in Barnes, his childhood friend and war comrade himself. Rogers and Wilson track Barnes to Bucharest and attempt to protect him from T'Challa and the authorities, but all four, including T'Challa, are apprehended. Impersonating a psychiatrist sent to interview Barnes, Zemo recites the words that make Barnes obey him. He questions Barnes, then sends him on a rampage to cover his own escape. Rogers stops Barnes and sneaks him away. When Barnes regains his senses, he explains that Zemo is the real Vienna bomber and wanted the location of the Serbian Hydra base, where other brainwashed winter soldiers 
are kept in cryogenic stasis. Unwilling to wait for authorization to apprehend Zemo, Rogers and Wilson go rogue and recruit Maximoff, Clint Barton, and Scott Lang to their cause. With Ross's permission, Stark assembles a team composed of Romanoff, T'Challa, James Rhodes, Vision, and Peter Parker to capture the Renegades. Stark's team intercepts Rogers' group at Leipzig Airport, where they fight until Romanoff allows Rogers and Barnes to escape. The rest of Rogers' team is captured and detained at the Raft Prison, while Rhodes is partially paralyzed after being inadvertently shot down by Vision, and Romanoff goes into exile. Stark discovers evidence that Barnes was framed by Zemo and convinces Wilson to give him Roger's destination. Without informing Ross, Stark goes to the Siberian Hydra facility and strikes a truce with Rogers and Barnes, unaware that they were secretly followed by T'Challa. They find that the other super soldiers have been killed by Zemo, who then shows them footage that reveals that the automobile Barnes had intercepted in 1991 contained Stark's parents, whom Barnes subsequently killed. Enraged that Rogers kept this from him, Stark turns on them both, leading to an intense fight in which Stark destroys Barnes' robotic arm and Rogers disables Stark's armor. He de departs with Barnes, leaving his shield behind. Satisfied that he has avenged his family's deaths in Sokovia from the Avengers' actions by successfully fracturing them, Zemo attempts suicide but is stopped by T'Challa and taken to the authorities. In the aftermath, Stark provides Rhodes with exoskeleton leg braces that allow him to walk again, while Rogers breaks his allies out of the raft. In a mid-credits scene, Barnes, granted asylum in Wakanda, chooses re to return to cryogenic sleep until a cure for his brainwashing is found. In a post-credits scene, Parker explores the features of the web shooters built for him by Stark. Doctor Strange Katmandu, the sorcerer Kaecilius, and his zealots enter the secret compound Kamartaj and behead its librarian. They steal a few pages from an ancient mystical text belonging to the Ancient One, a long-lived sorcerer who has taught every student at Kamartaj, including Kaecilius, in the mystic arts. The Ancient One pursues the traitors, but Kaecilius and his followers escape. In New York City, Stephen Strange, a wealthy, acclaimed, and arrogant neurosurgeon, severely injures his hands in a car accident, leaving him unable to operate. Fellow surgeon and former lover, Christine Palmer tries to help him move on, but Strange vainly pursues experimental surgeries to heal his hands, nearly bankrupting himself. Strange learns about Jonathan Pangborn, a paraplegic who mysteriously regained the use of his legs. Pangborn directs Strange to Kamartaj, where he is taken in by Mordo, a sorcerer under the Ancient One. The Ancient One demonstrates her power to Strange, revealing the astral plane and other dimensions, such as the Mirror Dimension. She reluctantly agrees to train Strange, whose arrogance and ambition remind her of Kaecilius. Strange studies under the Ancient One in Mordo, and from the ancient books in the library that is now guarded by Master Wong. Strange learns that Earth is protected from threats from other dimensions by a shield generated by three buildings called Sanctums in New York City, London, and Hong Kong, which are all connected by an assemble, by accessible form in the Kamartage. The sorcerer's task is to protect the Sanctums, through the Pang, though Pangborn instead chooses to channel mystic energy only into walking again. Strange progresses quickly and secretly reads the text from which Kaecilius stole pages, learning to bend time with the mystical Eye of Agamotto, 
Mordo and Wong warn Strange against breaking the laws of nature, drawing a comparison to Caecilius' desire for eternal life. Caecilius uses the stolen pages to contact Dormammu from the Dark Dimension, where time is non-existent. Caecilius destroys the London Sanctum to weaken Earth's protection. The Zealots then attack New York's Sanctum, killing its guardian, but Strange holds them off with the help of the Cloak of Levitation until Mordo and the Ancient One arrive. Mordo becomes disillusioned with the Ancient One after Strange reveals the Ancient One has been drawing on power from the Dark Dimension to sustain her long life. After a fight in the Mirror Dimension of New York, Caecilius mortally wounds the Ancient One and escapes to Hong Kong. Before dying, she tells Strange that he too will have to bend the rules to compete with Mordo's steadfast nature to, com to defeat Caecilius. Strange and Mordo arrive in Hong Kong to find Wong dead, the Sanctum destroyed, and the Dark Dimension engulfing Earth. Strange uses the Time Stone inside of the Eye of Agamotto to reverse time and save Wong, then enters the Dark Dimension and creates a time loop around himself and Dormammu. After repeatedly killing Strange to no avail, Dormammu finally gives in to Strange's demand that he leave Earth and take Caecilius and his zealots with him to return for Strange breaking, in return for Strange breaking the loop. Disillusioned by Strange and the Ancient One defying nature's laws, Mordo departs Strange as he returns to Comartage and takes up residence in New York's city sanctum to continue his studies. In a mid-credit scene, Strange decides to help Thor, who has brought his brother Loki to Earth in search of their father Odin. In a post-credit scene, Mordo confronts Pangborn and steals the mystical energy that possessed him, telling him that Earth has too many sorcerers. The Black Panther Thousands of years ago, five African tribes war over a meteorite containing vibranium. One warrior ingests a heart-shaped herb affected by the metal and gains superhero abilities, becoming the first Black Panther. He unites all but the Jabari tribe to form the nation of Wakanda. Over the centuries, the Wakandans used the vibranium to develop advanced technology and isolate themselves from the world by posing as a third world country. In 1992, Wakanda's King Chichaka visits his brother Njobu, who is working undercover in Oakland, California. Tichaka accuses Njobu of assisting black market arms dealer Ulysses Claw with stealing vibranium from Wakanda. Njobu's partner reveals he is Zuri, another undercover Wakandan, and confirms T'Chaka's suspicions. In the present day, following T'Chaka's death, his son T'Challa returns to Wakanda to assume the throne. He and Okoye, the leader of the Dora Milaje regiment, extract T'Challa's ex-lover Nakia from an undercover assignment so she can attend his coronation ceremony with his mother Ramanda and his younger sister Shuri. At the ceremony, the Jabari tribe's leader M'Baku challenges T'Challa for the crown in ritual combat. T'Challa defeats M'Baku and persuades him to yield rather than die. When Claw and his accomplice Eric Stevens steal a Wakandan artifact from a London museum, T'Challa's friend and Okoye's lover, Wakabi, urges him to bring Claw back alive. T'Challa, Okoye, and Nakia travel to South Korea, where Claw plans to sell the artifact to CIA agent Everett K. Ross. A firefight erupts, and Claw attempts to flee, but is caught by T'Challa, who reluctantly releases him to lock to Ross's custody. Claw tells Ross that Wakanda's international image is a front for a technologically advanced civilization. 
Eric attacks and extracts Claw as Ross is gravely injured protecting Nakia. Rather than pursue Claw, T'Challa takes Ross to Wakanda where their technology can save him. While Shuri heals Ross, T'Challa confronts Zuri about Njobu. Zuri tells that Ninjobu planned to share Wakanda's technology with people of African descent around the world to help them conquer their oppressors. As T'Chaka arrested Ninjobu, the latter attacked Zuri and forced T'Chaka to kill him. T'Chaka ordered Zuri to lie that Ninjobu had disappeared and left behind Ninjobu's American son in order to maintain the lie. This boy grew up to be Stevens, a U.S. black ops soldier who adopted the name Killmonger. Meanwhile, Killmonger kills Claw and takes his body to Wakanda. He is brought before the tribal elders, revealing his identity to be Ndjaka and claims the throne. Killmonger challenges T'Challa in ritual combat, where he kills Zuri, defeats T'Challa, and hurls him over a waterfall to his presumed death. Killmonger ingests the heart-shaped herb and orders the rest incinerated but Nakia extracts one first. Killmonger, supported by Wakabi and his army, prepares to distribute shipments of Wakandan weapons to operatives around the world. Nakia, Shuri, Ramanda, and Ross flee to the Jabari tribe for aid. They find a comatose T'Challa rescued by the Jabari in repayment for sparing M'Baku's life. Healed by Nakia's herb, T'Challa returns to fight Killmonger, who dons his own Black Panther suit. Wakabi and his army fight Shuri, Nakia, and the Dora Milaje, while Ross remotely pilots a jet and shoots down planes carrying the vibranium weapons. M'Baku and the Jabari arrive to reinforce T'Challa. Confronted by Okoye, Wakabi and his army stand down. Fighting in Wakanda's vibranium mine, T'Challa disrupts Killmonger's suit and stabs him. Killmonger refuses to be healed, choosing to die a free man rather than be incarcerated. T'Challa establishes an outreach center at the building where Njobu died, to be run by Nakia and Shuri. In a mid-credits scene, T'Challa appears before the United Nations to reveal Wakanda's true nature to the world. In a post-credits scene, Shuri helps Bucky Barnes with his recuperation. Spider-Man Homecoming Following the Battle of New York, Adrian Toomes and his salvage company are contracted to clean up the city, but their operation is taken over by the Department of Damage Control, a partnership between Tony Stark and the U.S. government. Enraged at being driven out of business, Toomes persuades his employees to keep the Chitauri technology that they have already scavenged and use it to create and sell advanced weapons. Eight years later, Peter Parker is drafted into the Avengers by Tony Stark to help with an internal dispute but resumes his studies at the Midtown School of Science and Technology when Stark tells him that he is not yet ready to become a full Avenger. Peter quits his school's academic decathlon team to spend more time focusing on his crime-fighting activities as Spider-Man. One night, after preventing criminals from robbing an ATM with their advanced weaponry from tombs, Parker returns to his Queen's apartment where his best friend Ned Leeds discovers his secret identity. On another night, Parker comes across Toombs' associate, Jackson Bryce, a.k.a. The Shocker, and Herman Schultz, selling weapons to local crime lord Aaron Davis. Parker saves Davis before being caught by Toombs and dropped into a lake. Nearly drowning after becoming tangled in a parachute built into his suit, he is rescued by Tony Stark, who is monitoring the Spider-Man suit he gave Parker and warns him against further involvement with the criminals. 
Toobs accidentally kills Bryce with one of the new weapons and Schultz becomes the new Shocker. Parker and Ned study a weapon left behind by Bryce, removing its power core. When a tracking device on Schultz leads to Maryland, Peter rejoins his decathlon team and accompanies them to Washington, D.C. for their national tournament. Ned and Parker dis disable the tracker and Starks implanted in the suit and unlock its advanced features. Peter tries to stop Tombs from stealing weapons from the damage control truck, but is trapped inside the truck, causing him to miss the decathlon tournament. When he discovers that the power core is unstable Chitauri grenades, Parker races to the Washington Monument where the core explodes and traps Ned and their friends in an elevator. Evading local authorities, Parker saves his friends, including his fellow classmate and crush, Liz Allen. Returning to New York City, Parker persuades Davis to reveal Toombs' whereabouts aboard the Staten Island Ferry. Parker captures Toombs' new buyer, Matt Gargan, but Toombs escapes and a malfunctioning weapon tears the ferry in half. Iron Man helps Peter save the passengers and takes away the suit as a result of his recklessness. Peter returns to his high school life and eventually asks Liz to go to the homecoming dance with him. On the night of the dance, Parker learns that Toombs is Liz's father. Deducing Peter's secret identity from Liz's account of him, Toombs threatens, the relation, threatens retaliation if he interferes with his plans. During the dance, Peter realizes that Toombs is planning to hijack damage control a damage control plane transporting weapons from Avengers Tower to the team's new headquarters. He dons his old homemade Spider-Man suit and races to Tomb's lair. He is ambushed by a Shocker, but defeats him with the help of Ned. At the tomb, Vulture destroys his building's support beams and leaves Spider-Man to die. Peter escapes the rubble and intercepts the plane, steering it to crash on the beach of Coney Island. He and Tombs fight there, ending with Parker saving Tombs' life after the damaged Vulture suit explodes and leaving him for the police, along with the plane's cargo. After her father's arrest, Liz moves away, and Parker declines an invitation from Stark to join the Avengers full-time. Tony returns Peter's suit, which he puts on his bedroom just as his Aunt May walks in. In a mid credit scene, an incarcerated Matt Gargan approaches Adrian Toomes in prison. Gargan has heard that Toomes knows Spider-Man's true identity, and Toomes denies this. Thor Ragnarok Two years after the Battle of Sokovia, Thor is imprisoned by the fire demon Surtur, who reveals that Thor's father Odin is no longer on Asgard. He explains that the realm will soon be destroyed during the prophesied Ragnarok, once Surtur unites his crown with the eternal flame that burns in Odin's vault. Thor frees himself, defeats Surtur, and takes his crown, believing he has prevented Ragnarok. Thor returns to Asgard to find Heimdall gone and his brother Loki posing as Odin. After exposing Loki, Thor forces him to help find their father, and with directions from Stephen Strange on Earth, they locate Odin in Norway. Odin explains that he's dying, and Ragnarok is imminent despite Thor's efforts to prevent it. He then reveals his passing will allow his firstborn child, Hela, to escape from a prison she was sealed in long ago. Hela was the leader of Asgard's armies, conquering the Nine Realms with Odin, but Odin imprisoned her and wrote her out of his history after he feared that she had become too ambitious and powerful. Odin dies as Thor and Loki watch on, and Hela appears, destroying Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. She pursues the two as they attempt to flee through the Bifrost Bridge, forcing them out into space. Arriving in Asgard, she defeats its army and kills the warriors three. 
She then resurrects the ancient dead who once fought with her, including her giant wolf, Fenris, and appoints the Asgardian Scourge as her executioner. Hela plans to use the Bifrost to expand Asgard's empire, but Heimdall sneaks in, takes the sword that controls the bridge, and begins hiding other Asgardians. Thor crash lands on Sikar, a garbage planet surrounded by wormholes. A slave trader designated Scrapper 142 subdues him with an obedience disc and sells him as a gladiator to Sakar's ruler, the Grand Master, with whom Loki has already ingratiated himself. Thor recognizes 142 as one of the Valkyrie, a legendary force of female warriors who were killed fighting Hela eons ago. Thor is forced to compete in the Grand Master's contest of champions, facing his old friend, Hulk. Summoning lightning, Thor gets the upper hand, but the Grand Master sabotages the fight to ensure Hulk's victory. Still enslaved after the fight, Thor attempts to convince Hulk and 142 to help him save Asgard, but neither is willing. He soon manages to escape the palace and finds the Quinjet that brought Hulk to Sakaar. Hulk follows Thor to the Quinjet, where a recording of Natasha Romanoff causes him to transform back into Bruce Banner for the first time since Sokovia. The Grand Master orders 142 and Loki to find Thor and Hulk. But the pair come to blows, and Loki forces her to relive the deaths of her fellow Valkyrie at the hands of Hela. Deciding to help Thor, she takes Loki captive. Unwilling to be left behind, Loki provides the group with the means to steal one of the Grandmaster's ships. Then they liberate the other gladiators who, led by two aliens named Korg and Meek, stage a revolution. Loki again attempts to betray his brother, but Thor anticipates this and leaves him behind where Korg, Meek, and the gladiators soon find him. Thor, Banner, and Valkyrie escape through the Devil's Anus, a wormhole to Asgard, where Hela's forces are attacking Heimdall and the remaining Asgardians in pursuit of the sword that controls the Bifrost. Banner transforms into Hulk again, defeating Fenris, while Thor and Valkyrie fight Hela and her warriors. Loki and the gladiators arrive to rescue the citizens, and a repentant Scourge sacrifices himself to enable their escape. Thor, facing Hela, loses his right eye and then has a vision of Odin that helps him realize only Ragnarok can stop her. He sends Loki to retrieve Surtur's crown and place it in the Eternal Flame. Surtur is reborn and destroys Asgard, killing Hela. Aboard the Grand Master's spaceship, Thor, now king, decides to take his people to Earth. In a mid-credits scene, they are intercepted by Thanos. In a post-credit scene, the overthrown Grand Master is confronted by his former subjects. Avengers Infinity War Having acquired the Power Stone, one of the six Infinity Stones from the planet Xandar, Thanos and his lieutenants Ebony Maw, Cole Obsidian, Proxima Midnight, and Corvus Glaive intercept the spaceship carrying the surviving Asgardians. As they extract the Space Stone from the Tesseract, Thanos subdues Thor, overpowers the Hulk, and kills Loki. Heimdall sends Hulk to Earth using the Bifrost before he is killed. Thanos departs with his lieutenants and obliterates the ship. Hulk crash lands in the Sanctum Sanctorum in New York City, reverting back to Bruce Banner. He warns Stephen Strange and Wong about Thanos' plan to kill half of all life in the universe. In response, Strange recruits Tony Stark. Ma and Obsidian arrive to retrieve the Time Stone from Doctor Strange, drawing the attention of Peter Parker. Ma captures Doctor Strange but fails to take the Time Stone due to an enchantment. 
Stark and Parker pursue Ma's spaceship, and Banner contacts Steve Rogers and Wong, who stays behind to guard the Sanctum Sanctorum. In Edinburgh, Midnight and Glaive ambush Wanda Maximoff and Vision in order to retrieve the Mind Stone in Vision's forehead. Steve Rogers, Natasha Romanoff, and Sam Wilson rescue them and take shelter with James Rhodes and Banner at the Avengers facility. Vision offers to sacrifice himself by having Maximoff destroy the Mind Stone to keep Thanos from retrieving it. Steve suggests that they travel to Wakanda, which he believes has the resources to remove the stone without destroying Vision. Meanwhile, the Guardians of the Galaxy respond to a distress call from the Asgardian ship and realize Thor is the only survivor and surmises that Thanos seeks the Reality Stone, which is in possession of the Collector on Nowhere. Rocket and Groot accompany Thor to Nevedalir, where they encounter Eitri and create Stormbreaker, a battleaxe capable of killing Thanos. On Nowhere, Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax, and Mantis find Thanos with the Reality Stone already in his possession. Thanos kidnaps Gamora, his adopted daughter, who reveals the location of the Soul Stone to save her captive sister, Nebula, from torture. Thanos and Gamora travel to Vormir, where Red Skull, Keeper of the Soul Stone, informs him that the Soul can only be retrieved by sacrificing someone he loves. Thanos reluctantly kills Gamora, earning the stone. Nebula escapes captivity and asks the remaining Guardians to meet her on Thanos', Thanos destroyed homeworld, Titan. Iron Man and Spider-Man kill Maw and rescue Doctor Strange. Landing on Titan, they meet Quill, Drax, and Mantis. The group form a plan to remove Thanos' Infinity Gauntlet after Strange uses the Time Stone to view millions of possible futures, seeing only one in which Thanos is defeated. Thanos arrives, justifying his plans as necessary to ensure the survival of the universe, threatened by overpopulation. The group subdues him until Nebula deduces that Thanos has killed Gamora. Enraged, Star-Lord attacks him, allowing Thanos to break the group's hold and overpower them. Stark is seriously wounded by Thanos, but is spared after Doctor Strange surrenders the Time Stone to Thanos. In Wakanda, Rogers reunites with Bucky Barnes after Thanos' army invades, and the Avengers alongside the Black Panther and the Wakandan forces mount a defense while Shuri works to extract the Mind Stone from Vision. Bruce Banner is unable to transform into the Hulk and fights in Stark's Hulkbuster armor. Thor, Rocket Raccoon, and Groot arrive to reinforce the Avengers. Proxima Midnight and Call Obsidian and Glaive are all killed as their army is en route. Thanos arrives, and despite Wanda Maximoff's attempt to destroy the Mind Stone, he removes it from Vision's head, killing him. Thor severely wounds Thanos, but Thanos activates the completed Infinity Gauntlet and teleports away. Half of all life across the universe disintegrates, including Bucky Barnes, T'Challa, Groot, Wanda Maximoff, Sam Wilson, Mantis, Drax, Quill, Stephen Strange, and Peter Parker, as well as Maria Hill and Nick Fury. Although Fury is able to transmit an emergency signal, Stark and Nebula remain on Titan while Banner, Mbaku, Okoye, James Rhodes, Rocket Raccoon, Steve Rogers, and Natasha Romanoff and Thor are all left on the Wakandan battlefield. Meanwhile, Thanos watches a sunrise on another planet. Ant-Man and the Wasp Two years after Scott Lang was placed on house arrest due to his involvement with the Avengers in violation of the Sokovia Accords, and just before and during the Avengers battle against Thanos, Hank Pym and his daughter Hope Van Dyne briefly managed to open a tunnel into the Quantum Realm. 
They believe Pym's wife, Janet Van Dyne, might be trapped there after shrinking to subatomic levels in 1987. When he had previously visited the Quantum Realm, Lang had unknowingly become quantumly entangled with Janet, and now he receives an apparent message from her. With only days left of house arrest, Lang contacts Pym about Janet despite the strained relationship they have due to Lang's actions with the Avengers. Hope and Pym kidnap Lang, leaving a decoy so as not to arouse suspicion from FBI agent Jimmy Wu. Believing the message from Janet to be a confirmation that she is alive, the trio work to build a stable quantum tunnel so they can take a vehicle to the quantum realm and retrieve her. They arrange to buy a part needed for the tunnel from black market dealer Sonny Birch, who has realized the potential profit that can be earned from Pym's research and double-crosses them. Donning the Wasp outfit, Hope fights off Birch and his men until she is attacked by a quantumly unstable masked woman. Lang tries to help fight off this ghost, but the woman escapes with Pym's lab, which has been shrunk down to the size of a suitcase. Pym reluctantly visits his estranged former partner Bill Foster with Hope and Lang. Foster helps them locate the lab where the ghost captures the trio and reveals herself to be Ava Starr. Her father Elias, another of Pym's former partners, died along with his wife during the experiment that caused Ava's unstable state. Foster reveals that he's been helping Ava, whom they plan to cure using Janet's quantum energy. Believing that this will kill Janet, Pym refuses to help them and escapes with Hope, Lang, and the lab. Opening a stable version of the tunnel, Pym, Hope, and Lang are able to contact Janet, who gives them a precise location to find her but warns that they only have two hours before the unstable nature of the realm separates them for a century. Using the truth serum, Birch learns that the trio's location from Scott's business partner Luis, Dave, and Kurt, and informs a contact at the FBI. Luis warns Lang, who rushes home before Wu can see him violating his house arrest. Pym and Hope are arrested by the FBI, allowing Ava to take the lab. Lang is soon able to help Pym and Hope escape custody, and they find the lab. Lang and Hope distract Ava while Pym enters the quantum realm to retrieve Janet, but Birch and his men also attack Lang and Hope, which allows Ava to begin forcibly taking Janet's energy. Luis, Dave, and Kurt help incapacitate Birch and his men so that Lang and Hope can stop Ava. Pym and Janet return safely from the quantum realm, and Janet voluntarily gives some of her energy to Ava to temporarily stabilize her. Lang returns home once again in time for a now suspicious Wu to release him at the end of his house arrest. Ava and Foster go into hiding. In a mid credit scene, Pym, Lang, Hope, and Janet plan to harvest quantum energy to help Ava remain stable. While Lang is in the quantum realm doing this, the other three disintegrate. And with that, you're ready for Avengers Endgame. Tune back into Hall of Heroes for a review of Endgame and your weekly dose of comic book movie news.
they encounter two of Strucker's test subjects. Twins Pietro Maximoff, Maximo, uh, test subjects. Son of a gun, knocked over the microphone. 